All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Hello again, and welcome to Primitive Screwheads Talk Horror Movies. I'm Screwhead Dan. And I'm Andrew. And we are here once again to talk and discuss and dismember another horror movie. This week we have the 1995 unknown classic Sleep Stalker, a.k.a. Hey, the Sandman from Spider-Man was inspired by this film. Wait, what? Was he? No, not oh, at God all. damn it. God 100%. damn it. <laughs> you are the only person who knows about this movie, Andrew. Anyway, uh, so Andrew, how are you doing today? You know, I'm doing pretty good. You know, looking, looking forward to uh, school starting up. Well, not really, but, you know, pretend to look forward to school starting up, you know? Yeah, yeah. All that remote learning in the time of COVID and the Woo-hoo! ages of COVID. I have been doing remote training for hospitals from my home office, which is lovely because I can get in rounds of Halo or other games, Final Fantasy fourteen, what I've been playing to, Ooh. in between classes. So it's good stuff right there. Yeah. Damn. That's so a good life. Yeah. I can't complain. Dude, I, I've been uh, I've been getting back into my alien lifestyle. I uh, I joined like eight Facebook groups about Alien and Predator <laughs> and found like a podcast all about Alien and Predator. And I went through and rebought all the novels. I have like twenty something alien novels now, and all these comic books that I bought again. Oh my like, god! It's like fifteen Andrew, fifteen year old Andrew has come back to life. Like literally every every few years, this happens to me. I just like hit that binge hard, and it's like, like I, I think this this year I, it's I went really deep. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I fell into a hole. Like the amount of hours of alien podcast I listened to and like interviews and stuff. Like <laughs> this this I might not come out of this one. I don't know. Your girlfriend's going to walk into your bedroom one night, and then you're going to be dressed up in an alien outfit, a xenomorph outfit, and she's going to look at you, and she's going to go, what the fuck? And then you're going to be like, this is who I truly am inside. No, this, this is this is my fursona, the xenomorph. Like, like, like I, I mentioned alien, my alien love to her in the past, but I think, like, <laughs> living with me in the time of COVID and just seeing, like, how how much I talk about it in the podcast, listen to it, she, I, think, I think she's like, wow, holy fuck. It's like that one comic where the guy goes, hey, I've been really getting to uh, enjoy you and getting to know you over these past couple dates, but there's something I need to tell you before we go any further. I really like anime. And then the girl goes, oh, that's okay. I like Studio Ghibli and stuff like, no, you don't understand. I really like anime. And then she goes, oh, God, no. It's exactly that. It's it's (laughs) like I've bought like figures and stuff like and my kid in the way, so I don't have to hide and sort of show my shame. <laughs> like, <laughs> I bought, like, literally, I bought like, an eBay thing of comics recently, and like, it's, uh-huh. it's, it's. I might get a tattoo of Predator pretty soon. Like, it's, it's great it's life. Good. It's great life. Well, good stuff. Well, that's wonderful. We'll be sure to post it to our Facebook one that it does eventually happen. Anyway, Andrew, what scared you as a kid? This fucking movie. <laughs> Besides this fucking... Yeah, I was trying to, like, to segue into it, but I was trying to be a little more subtle than that. Like, oh, sorry. Like, I could have uh, figured you would have been, like, clowns or... Like, for example, I'll go. Tornadoes. I grew up in the Midwest. I was scared to death of tornadoes. And you want to know why, Andrew? Why? Because in second grade, I went to the movie theater with my friend Justin... And my friend Justin said, if we were going to see Flipper, you know, that cute little movie about the dolphin. Mm. I think Elijah Wood was in it, maybe. Was that Free Willy? It wasn't Free Willy. It was Flipper. Oh, okay. Elijah Wood must have been in Free Willy. I don't know. He anyway, might not have been. I don't know. 
So the, I, I don't know because I never saw Flipper, and you know why? Because we walked down into the movie theater, and it was Twister. Yeah, that movie is nightmares. Oh my god! I think it was Bill Paxton was in that one, yeah. and he was uh, Storm Chaser the whole way through. There's a scene where Kyle flies across the highway, and then it flies across back again. That movie terrified me of tornadoes for the longest time. I remember in third grade. I was on a soccer field, and I remember there was a really dark-looking cloud out in the background um, in the distance, and the I, I paused in the middle of the soccer field during a soccer game because I was so terrified of the tornado catching me. My dad would stand at the bedroom window or in the garage door kind of looking out when it's a really, really bad storm, and I'd be like, no, Dad, don't. You're going to be sucked up by the tornado. Anyway, that was the movie that scared the hell out of me when I was a kid. Dude, so. Like- Dude, I don't know the tornado. Like, I feel like when I was younger, everything scared me. But I went to like a Twister experience ride at Universal, and like, I don't know why they brought me to that. But yeah, that that same thing that like terrified me. Also, I think we had to read like a book when I was younger about tornadoes. The kids hiding out of the toilets. Twisters. Yeah, dude, that, that book the scared twisters? the shit out of me. Jesus Where Christ! The very first uh, paragraph in that book is about the main character winning like twenty pairs of underwear. Yeah. Like yeah. a Red Letter Day, Red Letter Day or something. Red Letter Day, yeah, yeah. I read that to my class when I was a teacher. That book fucking sucked. Fuck that book. Yeah. <laughs> I put that book like I lived in fucking Vermont and I was afraid of tornadoes. Like Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, what other movies scared you when you were a kid, Andrew? Other, other Any than... sand-related movies? You know, The Mummy. Uh... <laughs> hey, those scarabs, man. Dude, no, I don't. I think a lot of my fear of this movie came from the mummy, and like, really? Hey, well, because well, think about it, like he has the same kind of thing. He he s- turns into sand, and he goes and like into places, and like kills mm-hmm. people, and like sucks out their souls to a degree. Mm-hmm. You know, like I feel yeah. like I think my like I think my mind conflated a lot of that to this movie. Because I think like so when I was younger, I, you know, I, I, came, I came across a lot of these kind of horror movies on TV and stuff, and I think that I as a kid, instead of watching them all the way, I'd kind of go back and forth. And so my mind would create this like terrifying thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of took this and melded it with the sand scenes in the mummy. So like in my mind, this had a lot better effects than it did. <laughs> <laughs> and, like the deaths were a lot cooler than they were. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like whenever someone tells me, Oh, I'm really scared of this trailer for this movie, or I'm really scared of this character design from this video game or something like that. Honestly, the best thing you can do to get rid of that fear is to just actually watch that piece of media or play that piece of media, because then that fear of the unknown is a known quantity at this point. And Mm -hmm. there's absolutely nothing that's on that screen that can terrify you as much as your imagination can, especially if you're a kid. Yeah, that, so. that, that's a really good point. Well, like you know, aside from the makeup in this, like that that that's pretty scary. <laughs> the fact or the Stephen King movie, The Langoliers. You know, those Pac-Men were terrifying. Dude, I don't know, man. The, when Dana, when Dana, the little girl gets stabbed, I like ooh, <laughs> felt so bad for that little blind girl. Like, dude, imagine being blind and being stabbed, and like you don't even know what's going on. Like, damn. Yeah. Like, God damn it! What a, what a terrible life. <laughs> My God, I felt so bad for that kid. Anyway, I know. Uh, so anyways, uh, we are here today to talk about Sleep Stalker, which is the 1995 American horror film. It was directed by Terry Meyer, who, seriously, who? I don't know who she is. Um, and then also starring Michael Harris, who? Jay Underwood, who? Catherine Morris, who? And Michael D. Roberts. And all of them have their own Wikipedia page. Well, not not the main, not the killer guy, though. He doesn't, Matthew Harris, he doesn't have one. 
Matthew Harris does not have, or Michael Harris not Michael does Harris. not have one. Same guy, same guy. Yeah, uh, I'm going to do the, my favorite thing where I'm going to go through and take a look at all of these actors and see if they're in any movies or TV shows that I recognize. Jay Underwood, he was in the unreleased 1994 Fantastic Four film. What? Okay. Yeah, he played the Human Torch. And hmm. in this movie, he play, in Sleepstalker, he plays Griffin, and I'm going to be honest, I don't remember who Griffin was. Main character. I don't remember who Griffin was. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, it took me a long time to figure out what his name was. Like, in my notes, I'm like, who is this guy? Like, I kept like, guy, guy. Goatee. Goatee. Yep. <laughs> Weird fucking backwards, like, hat. Like, I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, see, uh, Catherine Morris, who is another character or actress in this movie, she was in Minority Report, played Tom Cruise's wife, which if oh, yeah. I remember, that was a really, really small role. Yeah, it was. Uh-huh. There yeah. was that dramatic scene where he gets put into his little sleep thing, and she's like, no. <laughs> There's that. That's all I remember. Yes, I remember the no scene. Yep. But that's that. Anyway, uh, this was a direct-to-video? I'm assuming so. It doesn't. I'm assuming so as well. I don't see how this got a theater release. I, I really don't either, especially since there's no box office numbers, anything like that. Um, yeah, this screams just direct-to-video. I don't, yeah, it's kind of an R rating, so... Hmm. Anyway, uh, yeah, so basically this film is about the Sandman. Um, do, do, do you're the, the subtitle is like The Sandman's Last Rites? Uh, yeah. Which is stupid as fuck. Well, actually, I, wait, question. All right, I'm, I'm gonna re- I want to read you the um, the uh, plot summary or the, you know, the tag on the back and just tell me if, you, okay. if it sounds accurate. A serial killer known as The Sandman is resurrected by a voodoo priest into a body made of sand. To keep his new body, he must track down and kill the one victim who escaped him 17 years before. What do you think? I think voodoo is I, a flex, but you know what? Let's roll with it. Uh, you know, he's definitely... They, 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 they call him a voodoo priest, at least. But, uh, yeah. I, I yeah. agree. Like, is, it was it. Yeah, you know. So, apparently, according to the IMDb page, I'm looking down at the trivia, which, you know, is the leading authority, everything on the internet is true, but it says it was originally a spinoff of the Nightmare of the Elm Street series, which I very much doubt. Wait, what? No. That's what it says on the trivia. Yeah, I very much doubt that either. And it looks like two other people agree with me because only one out of three people found that fact interesting on IMDb. Like, you know, like, like maybe, it, like, it's not even, like, it's not even a Paramount Pictures film. It's a, it's some random other thing. It's, uh, uh-huh. it's Paramount, it's Prism Entertainment. Prism Fucking Entertainment, which. Bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit. That's like, absolutely I kind of like that idea, though, of, like, so, like, because, you know, later on in the, uh, in the Nightmare on Elm Street films, you find out that Freddy was possessed by demon worms, um, mm-hmm. and that's given powers. So, like, you know, I, I, if they want to extend that idea that these demon worms possess other people, that'd be kind of sick, actually. I would like that expansion of the universe. Uh, but no, this definitely is not that movie. Yeah, most definitely not. Anyway, so that is Sleep Stalker. It is a fairly by-the-numbers um, horror film, slasher film. But, I mean, not too many people die in this movie, honestly. No. Uh, Wait, but th- this movie has a four out of five star- 3.9 out of 5 stars on Amazon. Bullshit. No. Bullshit. Who the fuck else, like, found this movie and watched this movie? <laughs> I know. When you recommended it, I think you did say something like, this is probably going to be the most obscure movie we ever review I only know this, or you only knew this movie because you saw it, what, randomly when you were a kid on, like, cable TV or something, or? Dude, 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 my, my, my best buddy here, apparently, is named Pancho Pagaza Rancho. Uh, what? He gave it five stars. He said it freaked him out when he was younger, and it's still a good movie. 
He's my was that the same person who showed you this movie when you were a kid? If by that you mean me and my alternate self, yes. <laughs> this other person says, like, it's a great movie. I watched it years ago. And I mean, like, back in the 90s. And it took me all this time to find it. I'm so happy I'm a horror freak. Hello. Thank you, Amazon. So that guy is you from the future. And I, he eventually times traveled back to see you because he needs this moment to happen. I, I, this guess, is, I guess so. This is our Bill and Ted moment. Dude, this but, podcast right here eventually saves the universe. This movie has so many five-star reviews. What the fuck? <laughs> like... Like, like, look at this person. Forget Spider-Man 3. The original Sandman was here. Haunting theme music and a maniacal killer who becomes the original Sandman. A Sandman who, in my opinion, is much scarier than the computer-generated buffoon in Spider-Man 3. This is is not, like... It's weird also, because, like, the Sandman in Spider-Man 3 isn't supposed to be scary. He's supposed to be a sympathetic character. Fucking idiot. Uh This too often forgotten and hard-to-find horror flick is well worth the price of admission. In spite of a somewhat overused, abused child grows up to be a psychotic... Oh, God. Spoilers. Plot in modern movies. Plenty of, <laughs> plenty of voodoo thrills and chills. Mm-hmm. Well, don't worry, everyone. You can buy the VHS tape of Sleepstalker from $119 on Amazon. There is one available. I think it's on DVD, too, though, so if, you want, if you want to save a little money. I think it's no, just, no, no, no. If we want to do VHS, uh, you can get a used VHS of this for 120 bucks. Fair, fair enough. It's or like new. if you guys have an Amazon Prime subscription, you can watch it for free. That is true. And also the whole movie is uploaded to YouTube and you can watch it for free on YouTube as well because no one gives a shit about this movie. Well, dude, right. the person, the director also directed Candyman 3, uh, Wrong Turn 3. That uh, is my third favorite Candyman movie. I, right? They, apparently it's meant for Smallville. <laughs> uh, Chairman of the Board, which is the Carrot Top movie. <laughs> wow, Terry M- M- Mayer, Meyer. Fuck you, your name. Anyway. I was just talking about Carrot Top the other day. He got ripped. Did he? He got buff. Damn. Oh, my God. I know, here's what I want you to do right now, Andrew. Okay. I want you to go to Google or go Bane. I'm not going to judge you. Fuck and I want me. you to search up Carrot Top Ripped. Is it, it make his ass or something ripped? No, no. He is built. He is, like, super muscular. Holy fuck. Is that really him? God, his face That looks... is really him. Did he ever get plastic surgery or does he have a fucking weird face? He just has a fucking weird face. He had to get plastic surgery. That face can't be real. <laughs> that whole everything can't be real. Everything it, about it, it looks so weird. I don't get it. Oh god, <laughs> it, like it's like nightmare. Yeah. Anyway, let's okay. jump into the movie. Let's do it. So we start off um, with the director channeling his best Mel Brooks and Spaceballs, where he just decides to hold on something for about five goddamn minutes. Fucking right. We. Okay, so I'm going to start this right there. So it starts off at a minute and eight seconds. And then it focuses on this guy walking through the deserts. And as the credits roll on by and every single character is introduced, every single actor is introduced, every single actress, executive producer, set dresser, co-producers, everything going on, going on. And then finally, four minutes and 11 seconds in, we get into our first scene. And, and, the, and the entire time he's walking, there's just this violin like, no, it's playing the entire time. It's, it's like The Exorcist 2. It's just, it's so long. And did you notice? Uh, so they definitely had like some B-roll and they just intercut the same scene. Because at one point he walks, so he starts walking and there's these like shrubs and stuff on the right of, side of him, desert on his left. And then it uh-huh. ends with him walking like back where he came from. <laughs> so like he fucking like got lost. Like there's a couple times where he like, walks and like turns and pivots and walks a different direction. So it's, You're like, in a desert, dude. You can see your footsteps. <laughs> he's just like walking around in circles, like pivoting around and like, I don't like. I just imagine, and this actor's walking in a fucking trench coat. 
Like, this guy was these sweating balls, just walking around, like, meandering. Like, I feel like he, like, probably has, like, heat stroke and is walking around. And, like, like they, they try, they, and it looks like, kind of cool. His footsteps are kind of arcing and stuff. But, like, this act, this guy clearly walked one way. They and they filmed it again. He walked the other direction. Mm-hmm. And it just looks so fucking bad. It's, well, I mean, I'm assuming they filmed it right, right outside L.A. And they probably had a very limited amount of desert to roll around with. True. So that's what they did, and they were just like, okay, we can only focus on these two sand dunes, so we're going to focus on the one sand dune. Okay, so we're going to go to the other sand dune, and you're going to pretend like you're walking through the sand dune again, all the way through all this long desert. You know, I'm curious, you know? was this movie fil- fil- actually filmed in California? Probably. I mean, most movies are. Yeah, I guess it's probably cheaper, yeah. And this is, a, this is oh yeah, that's exactly... Well, no, the movies are filmed in California because the um, there's a whole bunch of legal mumble jumbo and also some union rules and stuff like that that basically says all movies, if they are filmed within a certain amount of miles from this one specific spot in Los Angeles, it is significantly cheaper. Oh. And that's a very, very similar way of using it. So there's a lot of very famous movie locations that people go to all the time because it looks like England or the Sahara Desert or something like that. Mm. So, yeah, I, I'm assuming this movie did not cost much to make and I'm assuming they were cutting every penny they could. So I'm assuming yeah. it was filmed around LA. All right. Yep. Anyway, uh, so we get introduced to our character Griffin, who I have just remembered the name of, and he is praying at his bed and his mother and father are watching. But Griffin doesn't want to get to bed. No. Griffin's just like, no, I'm a kid. I want to stay up. But he's praying at the side of the school, uh, or at the side of the bed as well. And... Uh, do, do you like, do you notice that his, his, like, his prayer almost sounds like it's like a fucking, like, song? Yeah. He's like, he's like don't forget to hold me tight. So I'll be safe all through the night. Oh, yeah, that's... love to you. <laughs> That is one of the motifs of this. The uh, Sandman villain has a little nursery rhyme uh, that he keeps singing to himself over and over again. And it's intended to be creepy, uh, kind of like a Freddy's Coming sort of thing, but yeah. not. Eh, it doesn't stick the landing. No, it's, it's just fucking weird every time, he, every time he says his little thing. Like, I think I texted you what he said before you watched the movie, and you're like, what the fuck is <laughs> Like, I was like, sleep, baby, sleep. And you're like, what? Are you coming on to me, Andrew? You know I'm taken. Wow, yeah. I'm flattered, maybe a little bit curious, but uh, the answer is no. <laughs> Damn it. I had dreamed. How this movie could be our connection. <laughs> well, I, was, so, I, I love how like, the parents, the parents like standing like, awkwardly, it's like you know that ideal family, the parents like standing like, and they're like, hugging each other, watching their kid pray as he goes. To oh, bed. yeah. And then she's got her 50s style, you know, big skirt and dress, and yeah. It's it's weird. Like, it, I don't know. It, the, the family uh-huh. in this is so like stereotypical. It's supposed to be like, that perfect family. Like, the writer on it, this it, clearly it, stretched a lot. I, I do like the fact that right afterwards, the mom and the dad go back to the bedroom, and the dad goes, and you're the mommy. And then she goes, and you're my daddy. And he goes, oh, yeah. And then they go in the bedroom to bed. Dude, no, I fucking love it. Yeah, like, they're, they're, she's, like, um, she's like, all right, now make sure you stay in bed this time. Don't come to our room. He's like, what? Why not? And him, the dad is just like, fucking stay in your room tonight, all right? And like, <laughs> they, they just want to bang so hard. And they're just like, do not interrupt us, fucking child. It's like so much, so much anger. Um, and there's, there's this weird thing that the mom, so the, the, the kid's like, I'm afraid of the dark. And the mom's like, don't worry. I have a rhyme for you that for some reason is supposed to help. And she's like, for every evil under the sun, there is a remedy or there is none. 
and that's supposed to console him. How does that look? It's like, like, like he repeats it later, and it's just like, so like you're saying like for every problem there's a solution, or there might not be one. Like what? What fucking advice is that? That's like that's like, hey, bro, there might be a killer underneath your bed. What well, was the Simpsons might not be. quote where it's just like uh, something like you know, oh, I'm. Bart was just like, oh, I'm scared, Homer, that I'm going to die. And Homer's just like, well, don't worry about it. People die all the time. In fact, you might even die in your sleep tonight. <laughs> well, good night, son. I'm going to die. He's like, don't worry. You're not dead yet. <laughs> it's, like, it's the worst advice. Like, if I, told, like, I feel like even as a kid, my parents would be that way. Like, like, I kind of get it. Like, she's saying that, like, you know, don't worry. If there's not a solution, don't worry about it. If there's a solution, mm-hmm. do it. But it's like, like, and that, that's kind of, you know, the it's the Hakuna Matata of this movie. But it's also, yeah. like, he's worried about someone killing him at, in the night. Like, mm-hmm. so you're saying, like, be resigned to your death? Kind of? Like, I don't know. It's it's, it's a case Sarah Sarah method of parenting. Whatever happens, happens. Yeah. You it, know. It's weird. I, I that was Casey Anthony's mantra, right? I have no idea. <laughs> anyway, is that the line? Have we crossed the line there? We, 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 we've crossed it. It's, it's okay, we've crossed the line. I, I'm oh, going to sprint right back. What's up? I forgot. Sorry, there's, there's, there's more to this rhyme. Oh, okay. So it is, for every evil under the sun, there is a remedy or there is none. If there be one, try to find it. If there... What the fuck? Oh, I, I copied, okay, if there be one, try to find it. If there be none, then never mind it. <laughs> like I, that's that's fucking stupid. Like that, that means nothing. <laughs> anyway, so she tells him that he goes to bed. She's fucking crazy. Um, oh, and and then the, the and the mom. So then the mom says it means there's nothing to be frightened of. But that's that's not what it means. Actually, fun fact: it, it means if there's if there's if the Hakuna Matata. That's what it's saying. But then the dad uh-huh. the dad says actually it means you'll never be alone. How how the fuck does that say? How do, how does if there's a solution to a problem, solve it. If there's not, don't mind it. How does that mean you'll never be alone? Actually, no. It means drink plenty of water and make sure that you get eight um, hours of sleep a night. That's exactly what. Oh it fuck! Means. Fuck in an apple a day. In an apple a day, too. That's exactly what it means. Didn't you hear it? you got to read in between the lines. It's Damn. like jazz. It's not the words they're saying. It's the notes they're not, it's the, uh, notes they're not saying. You know, like, I, I've been thinking about putting, like, I need a new quote to put in my classroom. I might just fucking take this one. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I was thinking, like, because uh, a good exercise is to have kids look at quotes and talk about what they mean. I'm going to do this one. Uh-huh. For any, any kid yeah. who says, like, oh, it means, like, try your best. And if you can't, and, you know, if you lose, it's okay. I'm like, no, no, no. You'll be like, it, it means yes. you're, It means you're never alone. It means you're never alone, kids. <laughs> Obviously, you guys didn't do this right. And you are who you choose to be. Oh, that means an ocarina of time. You know, you get the bigger on sword by starting the trading quest. That's that's what that means. Fucking right? yeah, right? Oz, <laughs> Oz, and then you get the gilded sword in Majora's Mask by getting the gold dust. Yes. And so anyway, after this uh, weird scene, the uh, the dad is like, "Don't let the bugs bite, bed bugs bite," and the mom gives him that like "fuck you" glance because she's like, "Don't make our child more paranoid than he already is." And she's like, "I'm I'm going to divorce you in the morning, you fucking asshole." Um, you know so, we have bed bugs. Come on. <laughs> exactly. She's like, God, don't fucking lie to this kid. And so then they go to fuck. And, uh-huh. and so what happens while the parents are getting it on? 
So parents are getting it on, and then music starts playing, and the kid hears some scary sounds. I think he sees a shadow or two or something like that. Anyway, yeah. it's a very slow scene where he realizes, oh, shit, there's someone going on in the house, or there's some sort of spooky, spooky supernatural stuff happening. So he goes on into the parents' bedroom, even though the dad wants to get his dick wet. Um, but thankfully, the dad is hard, but not in a sexual way. No, literally, he's dead and he's a stiff corpse well there's no and way then, Ray Morris already kicked in don't, don't you lie to these people <laughs> <laughs> he's still pretty he's pretty flaccid at this point yeah <laughs> <laughs> give me a second here <gasps> so while Dan recovers yes. from that we, we do get some great compliments <laughs> um, before before the uh, before even the son goes to check out the room uh when 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 a dark figure approaches the mother and father as they try to fuck, you get some great conflict, like punch, like pew, pew, ow, 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 noises, like it's it's fucking great. Yes, and it really is. The sound design in this movie is something else. It's you can clearly see, tell that they went through some sort of stock, um, individual stock f- sound footage. Mm-hmm. The same one the Looney Tunes got their stock footage from. And you, anyway. and, also, and also during this, they keep cutting to outside. And they mm-hmm. clearly just color-graded the grass and shit to look kind of gray and sandy when they're oh, yeah. clearly just fucking, like, in a grassy neighborhood. Yeah. It's it's so bad. Did you think it looked like a model? I think it looked like a really, really, really bad-looking model. Yeah, that's what I understand. I'm like, where the fuck is this house? It's like, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Like, not I, even the middle of nowhere. Like, it's in, like, a desert oasis. But then, like, later on when they cut to the scene of the voodoo priest outside the house, uh-huh. he's like fucking like standing like on the other side of the road and there's like a fucking light there and there's like another house behind him like uh-huh. this, ha- this house fucking teleports it's like the house in Hosman yes. Castle different doors open to different places okay. anyway uh, we gotta get moving on this because we are like three minutes into the movie no I'm sorry we are over four minutes because we spent <laughs> the first five minutes wandering through the goddamn desert Anyway, so kid opens the door and he sees the mom who is just completely like paralyzed and dead um, flaccid, I guess you could say, on the bed, and her eyes are completely open, and she's kind of crying after she's died, and then sand gets poured onto her eyes, which I don't know a lot about corpses. I don't know a lot about the fluids that come from corpses, but if you pour sand onto a corpse's eye, are they gonna cry? Well, I, you know, she, I think I think she cried. Di- she died crying. You know. Uh, okay, so that's a lot of tears. Anyway, um, so he look a uh, little kid looks on over to the closet and he sees Mister Sleepstalker staring at him. And Mister Sleepstalker's defining characteristic is his mouth was sewn shut, and he has all these scars on his mouth from when it was sewn shut. So anyway, uh, Mister Sleepstalker says his creepy little thing. I think he says like "Good night, Griffin" or something, doesn't he? Yeah, something like that, or hello, Griffin, or something like that. And he starts chasing him after. Um, I, I do like the part where Griffin escapes from the parents' bedroom and runs down the stairs, and then the sleep stalker's having fun with it. Like, he runs his fingers through his hair, like, ooh, I gotta make sure my hair looks good. And then he does this little leap on the stairs. <laughs> like, he doesn't walk on down, he's just like, yep, two at a time, two at a time, two at a time, and then there we go. Yeah, no. It's like, well, it's like, he, it's like he knows that Griffin. So like, we found out that Griffin's too. Their 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 um, house is like chain locked the front door, uh, yes. and like, I, I guess Griffin. I guess the uh, 
the guy knew because he just like takes his fucking time getting down to him. Wait, but that uh, makes me wonder. Guess. I just realized. Yes. He saw the shadow of the sleep soccer outside his, his window earlier, but he was on the second yeah. floor. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, because you gave more thought to this movie than the director did. Facts. Facts. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Griffin is trying to reach for the chain. He's a short little kid, so he can't do that. Oh, yeah, we should probably mention that Griffin's like seven years old at this time. Um, and he's jumping up and down trying to get that chain. It's a very, very tense scene, but eventually he gets it. And then, Bam! Mr. Detective Police Officer comes on in. He was standing outside the whole time. And he's like, I got you now, Sleep Stalker. And Sleep Stalker's like, no. And then he decides to go behind a curtain. And then he vanishes like David Blaine into the wind. But then he appears right outside. And the rest of the cops just kind of tackle him to the ground and arrest him. Yep, yep. Yep. And I love it as he's like getting tackled. He's like, who's going to put the children to sleep now? You? <laughs> And then he, like, he looks at the cop. He's like, I hear your screams. I'll be back to end your pain, too. And the cop's like, yeah. fuck off. Because he, like, yeah. he even says, he's like, because so he, he, shoots, um, he shoots the sleep stalker earlier in the arm or the leg or something. And like, mm-hmm. man, great job, like, wounding him there. He's like, and he's like, yeah, I need to retire. I was sitting for the head. Sorry. <laughs> he's like two feet away from him. He's like, all right. Fair enough. Anyway, so detective talks to the kid and says, hey, kid, he's never going to hurt you again. And the kid says, okay, I'm going to be traumatized for life, but okay. And then Detective looks outside, and there is creepy voodoo guy with white contact lenses who's staring at him. Yep. And then that's kind of our opening scene. Yeah. But, like, so we ag- cu- again, now, but when you look outside, they are on a normal fucking street. No longer the yes. desert. Yes. They teleported. So we get back into 17 years later. Griffin has grown up into a... Goatee, weird hat guy. I was trying to do the math in my head. So 17, so... He's 27. He, he's 27. But it says 17 years later. Yeah, he's, he's 10. I thought he was 7. I thought he was 10. It says on IMDb, Griffin, age 7. And then 17 years later... But yeah, it, yeah, Wait, wait, gotcha. what? Bullshit. Yes, that's what it says on there. But, 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 <laughs> but... But what? In the trivia, it says... Goof. The main character's age is depicted differently throughout the film. In the first uh-huh. scene, Griffin is seven years old, and the Sandman appears in his early thirties. Seventeen years later, as Sandman awaits his execution, he seems not to have aged a day. While Griffin is a full-grown man, however, the flashback scene shows the Sandman. Oh, the Sandman's ten years old, while Griffin is depicted as a baby. The age difference. Okay. No, I could just want to say. Oh, that's right. Fuck yes. You. Okay. Whatever. Yeah, anyway, movie. So we get that uh, there are two women in this little coffee shop that Griffin is hanging out in. Just totally I, just like the, like somebody's apartment they're filming in. Yes. Um, it, it, I thought it was a coffee shop. I mean, it like, definitely looks like oh, someone's no, apartment it, building. It's supposed but... to be a coffee shop, but it's definitely gotcha. somebody's apartment building. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely like, like these, these, there's, like, there's like two tables, and they're leaning over like the counter of somebody's kitchen. And they're like, oh, man, a great coffee shop. And like, it's fucking somebody's house. Like, I, I, it's actually <laughs> the fucking comic book store I go to. Um, yes. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so I don't get the relationship of these two women to him. Like, are they roommates? Are they friends? Or so, so the girl, so the one of the girls is his longtime friend. Okay, and um, the other girl wants to ban him. The other girl, she's trying to set him up with, and and uh, yeah, they're longtime friends. She wants to set him up with, and it, there's obviously like the flame between him and longtime friend, mm-hmm. and she's trying to get weird friend who believes in paranormal shit to woo him for some reason. Gotcha. We also established that Griffin is an interviewer. He's he's a newspaper reporter, something yeah, like that. He's, a reporter. he's trying he's, to he's get freelance. 
Yes, he's a freelance interviewer, and he gets the interview of his lifetime. He gets to interview one of the head honchos of a local gang. Dog Sanchez. Super, super. Yeah, who's the best character in this movie. He really is. He's, like, <laughs> honestly, like, I, I wish this movie was called, like, Dog Sanchez, and I would have just watched the fuck out of that movie. Oh, God. I like an attack the block style game warfare versus the Sandman. Oh, movie. my God. Oh, I love that. God, that would have been so That would have been, yeah, 100%. Dude, I'd have watched the shit mm-hmm. out of that. Yep. Anyway, so we talk about that when we get introduced. There's another guy who comes on in. I don't remember his name. Nick? I don't really care. His name Nick? Nick. Nick. White guy. Generic white guy. Uh, comes on in. And they're just all really excited about this interview. Then we cut on over to the Sandman, who is now in prison. Up, oh, not is it the Sandman, or is it the Sleep Stalker, or is it both? It's the same thing. So, okay, so Sandstalker. Well, is I think he called himself. In... He called himself the Sandman Killer. <laughs> Dad, it's Sleep Stalker. <laughs> yeah, stop calling me that. Um, yeah, so he is in his prison cell, and the warden or the guard is just like, "Hey, listen, you're a creepy motherfucker. You, you're a freak." And I, the dialogue is just very homoerotic. He's like, ooh, you've been a bad boy. He also fucking rhymes all the time. The Sandman just fucking won't stop rhyming. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the fuck's going on with him. It's, like, it's the weirdest fucking shit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so they say the priest is here for his last rites. And they do let the priest into the prison cell. And it turns out to be the creepy voodoo priest from earlier in the movie standing across the home after... The Sandman got arrested in the very opening scene of the movie. And Sandman seems to know him and says, I knew you'd come, Father. And they chant some sort of weird thing, and it seems like he got some special powers, yeah. as well as a crucifix around his neck. Well, I just love the dialogue here. So, like, the, the guard is like, the guard's talking to him, he's like, yo, the fucking chaplain's here. And he's like, you've been a bad boy. You don't want to put you to bed before without dinner. And he's like, screw you, you freaking freak. And, uh, and, then, and then, like, when the priest comes in, he's like, the force is an evil do provide. Like, it's, <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, the priest gives him this rosary. And the, as that happens, the guards talk about how he got his lips sewn shut when he was a, a wee little child. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and while that's happening, the priest is like, sad men, you have three nights to complete your task. Then forever is yours. If otherwise, you fucking die. <laughs> and I got I do like how it's written on the cell of his wall, evil never dies, it only gets reborn. In case you forget, you know, what's happening to the Sandman, the plot's written on the board for you. It's also one of the taglines of the film, in fact. Yeah. And and so, like, he leaves him and he's like, bro, just remember, you have to offer your blood and the portals of darkness will open for you. He's like, thanks, man. And the guards (laughs) guards take him out. Um, Mm -hmm. And so the Sandman, so the guy, the doctor, the voodoo guy leaves and he's like my son just wants to pray one more time I'm like all right cool cool so he's like let him out let's do it outside that's that's the place to do it so they they, mm-hmm. they take him outside with two guards there's not like an inner sanctum or anything for him to go to i guess he has to go yeah, outside but it's just him and he's not handcuffed or anything like that but i mean there's really nowhere for him to run he's in the sand dunes all right so what, what does he do uh he stabs himself with the crucifix and blood spills onto the sand and we get this really, really bad-looking CGI shot of a ripple kind of forming across the dunes, kind of rolling on through. And we get the idea that he has unlocked some sort of ancient demonic ritual to become the man-sand. Yeah, because like, his rosary like, turns into a little... Half-man, half-sand. Yes. It's and very bad CGI. The, here's my question. Here's my question for you. All right, you ready for this great question? Yes. Does it matter that his blood touched the sand? 
Like, what if he was like over a fucking thing of sugar? Would he like turn a sugar man or like fucking a leaf or like the, his roommate's <laughs> cocaine? Like, what? Like, would he become okay, cocaine man? man? <laughs> like, that's that's my question. Because why pick sand of all things? Like, like I get they're in a desert and shit, but like, mm-hmm. well, he can't really be glass man because we saw what happens with that at the end of the film. True. But, like, I, yeah. I, like, why not be water man? Hollow man already ex- like I guess Hollow man was in water, but you know, I, like. That seems like a better idea. Like, like he, can, he already has proven later in the film that he can like produce more sand than his body encompasses. So like Concrete I feel man. Or like what about Air oh Man? God. Like uh, just uh, rub uh, his hand Andrew, in the air. Andrew, Andrew, what if mm-hmm. he goes in and he sacrifices his blood and he forms all eight of the Mega Man bosses? Oh my god! Flash Man, Sand Man, Leaf Man, Cut Man, all the man, all the man. Yeah, just on Scissor Man, Mad there Man. Uh huh. Was his name Scissor Man? That was Cutman. I knew it. You liar. Huh? So, you, uh-huh. so all you need to do is go put his hand on some fucking scissors. <laughs> Wait, is the voodoo guy Doctor Wiley or whatever? Is that is that is that God. is that the connection we're making? Yeah. Is this a live action was... movie we've been waiting for our entire lives? Is Griffin going to become right Mega Man? Our noises, and we didn't even realize it. What, dude, Griffin could become Mega Man. We don't know what happens to him at the end of this movie. <laughs> oh my God, is she Rolf? Is is main girl Rolf? Is a <laughs> Roll? However, the fuck her name Roll. is. Roll is that, and then, uh, what was the dog's name? Rush. Rush. Rush was the dog's name. We haven't met Rush yet. I don't think there's a dog in this movie. No, there's not a dog in this movie. Thank God, they probably killed it. Uh-huh, yeah. Anyway, so we cut back over to the four friends, Griffith, Griffith's girl, who's he's a guy who to to Bane. Griffin. White friend, yeah, and... Griffith. This isn't fucking berserk. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he is, like, he has a knife, and he's just stabbing his hand at the table, and just, like, casual little apartments. And it's just like, yeah, what well, a bad boy. Also, outside, just one, like... Uh, th- his roommate basically comes in earlier before we get to the Sandman and he just walks in he's like hey yo dude that guy who killed your family is going to jail or he in the <laughs> like they are not very subtle about this kid this guy and his murdered family it's great uh-huh. but anyway continue I, I, I do like that because it's just like yeah that and then didn't know about it too because he's just like yeah that was that was my family that's going to go to prison or that's uh like he this was the killer who killed my family yeah I'm I'm the survivor and they're just like, oh, sorry, we should have told you, bro. Sorry. It's just very nonchalant. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really fucking weird. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know. Anyway. Yep. So he eventually goes to get the interview with um, the game banner. Dog. Dude. Dog. I'm sorry. What's his name again? I got to remember this. Dog. I got to commit this to a Just dog? Yeah. Well, well, dog? well like his, his dog full name Sanchez. is Dog Sanchez, but they call him Dog throughout the movie. <laughs> Rutherford Dog Sanchez. <laughs> so anyway, Rutherford, uh, yeah, he goes to the interview. There's a lot of flirting going on between him and this other girl. Megan. Um, Megan, yes. Well, actually, so I, I, I love it too. The way he, so basically, he goes, he's like, so like, he's with um, his friend. He's like, I gotta do this. Megan, come with me. And she's like, okay. And they go, and she's like, I don't know if I want to do this. Like, this is like my thing. And he, and he like, Fucking insulter. He's like an ass. He's like, oh, you have a fucking portfolio of tulips. Like, you fucking, like, one-shot bitch. And he, she's like, I guess I'll go. Like, he's so fucking rude to her. And she's like, I, I guess I'll come with you. Like, wow, like, thanks for insulting my entire passion and career. But, like, fine. Like, it's... <laughs> the dialogue of this is so bad. And, like, so, so they, they go to go meet up with Dog. And Dog's not there. So they're sitting. And she's uh-huh. like, you know, you should date more. And he's like, yeah. And then, like... He recites his mom's fucking poem about if there is a solution, there is none. If there, whatever, don't bother it. For some reason, and she's like, and she's like, what was that? And that poem means don't date more. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I, it's good because he just goes like, huh, moms. <laughs> like, what the 
<laughs> your mom was murdered. We just talked about this. And you're like, what? Yeah. Huh, mom, so so this whole scene is interspliced with the execution scene for the Sandman. Um, they basically put him in a gas chamber, mm-hmm. which is okay. Sure state of California. Yeah. Sounds good. And I love it, like, though. He, like, fucking takes, like, a boss. He, like, fucking breathes that shit, and he's like, let's fucking go. He, like, uh-huh. he's ready to die. <laughs> yeah. Which makes Damn. me wonder, like, you know, it's, it's that idea of, like, you know, like, when, when you fucking, like, the idea of, like, cloning somebody's memory into another body. Like, does he die and then come back as the Sandman? Or when he put his blood into the sand, was the Sandman already being created? It is a Captain Kirk situation. I would like to think his body is, I mean, obviously made of sand, and he kind of just prepped his essence, and then the moment his essence left that body, then they ran into the sand, and then he was reborn Okay, that moment. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's what I'm assuming. Yeah. So anyway, uh, spoiler alert, yes, he is reborn as the Sandman in some very, very obvious fades and back and forth. It's not very good looking. Very, uh, what do you mean? Th- there's light, blue and red lightning. A sand, a sand skeleton forms, and then it's filled with muscles and stuff. Well, it doesn't really form; it just kind of fades and then slow fades again. You're right. The you're illusion right. Illusion that something's going through. And there's somebody with like a vacuum on one side, like blowing fucking like sand across it. Like, <laughs> uh, but though, I, I fucking love it because like uh, the uh, as they're doing it, like you see musculature form and all these things, and it's like. If he later on is just going to be able to turn into a fucking puddle and back, why does it bother to build musculature and, like, fucking skeletons out of sand if, in the end, his body is just, like, a fucking blob of sand? Like, what's, like why, why make fake organs out of sand when, in the end, it's just going to be a body of sand that we see multiple times mm-hmm. can be, like, pierced and doesn't matter that he has organs and shit? Why? Yeah. I don't get it. But uh, so, I don't know either. So, like, after all these, like, things, these lightning strikes and shit, he, uh, like... I love it that this electric guitar plays, and the first time I was, like, listening to it, I thought it was him, like, nya, 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 nya. I thought, like, it was him, like, the, like, the fucking, like, Sandman, being, like, nya, like, some fucking, like, Brooklyn Rage thing from, like, the Yu-Gi-Oh! bridge. It's like, nya, 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 nya. But I guess it was, like, some electric <laughs> he guitar He crashed playing. himself a sand guitar. It's, and then, like, it just cuts him it's standing over at this fucking city. Like, he's, like, he, like, gets reborn in the desert and then cuts him, like, standing over the city as lightning strikes. Uh-huh. And what do you think about his look? Let's, let's go over his look for a second. This is the first time we really see a Sandman. Mm-hmm. And we do get a very, very good look at him. Um, I really... I, I, I liked the lips being sewn together. I thought that was a pretty cool makeup idea. Everything else, though, I really did not like his look. Did it look like they just painted, it, painted him brown and then like fucking like yes. drizzled sand over him? And then they put some glitter on him, too. That's really what it looked like. It did not look like sand at all. Well, it's weird, too, because there's this... If you guys even look up... Just look at, like, the fucking picture of the uh, the movie cover. Like, there's, like, weird like, places where he has, like, flaps of skin, almost, it looks like, on him. Like, these weird kind of, like, there's parts where, like, they put a prosthetic... Some kind of prosthetic skin over him. And, like, flaps as if, like, that makes sense for sand, which I don't get. Like, mm-hmm. like it looks more like Freddy Krueger, more like burn and like ripping off skin. Like, why would he have that? He's made of sand. It's a smooth. Like, it can be a smooth thing. Like, why would he? Have... Maybe it's like a cracked desert floor sort of thing. But it really doesn't even look like that. No, like, that would be a great look. Like, yeah, like, uh, something like the Shocker from uh, or Scorpion from uh, Marvel. Wait, you know, or something like, or just, cracked like that. Just design him based on how they designed the knife, and the knife turned into sand. Like, something like that. Yeah. But they literally just like painted this guy's skin brown, like fucking like glued some baloney to his face and painted that brown, and then like. <laughs> Like, it looks so fucking weird. And, like, his hair, like, they didn't even bother, like, his hair, they just fucking, like, slicked his hair back. So, like, 
He like randomly. Is- no, they did establish that he slicked his hair back in the opening scene when he was uh, after he killed the parents and he walked down that. He was just like, "Oop, gotta fix my hair, gotta slick it back." But now it's like slicked back and they like rub sand in it. Yes. And like I love it that his trench coat, they literally just have them like sprayed and glued sand to his trench coat. And like, oh Damn. yeah, uh-huh. oh yeah. It's like okay, we have this leftover. Uh, leather jacket from Mad Max. Anyone want to take it? Yeah, sure. Sleep stalker, fine. That's all good. Like, bro, why, why do you have a fucking? Why are you wearing a trench coat? Yeah, you're made of sand, dude. Yeah. Anyway, you die in the trench coat. Why is he wearing a trench coat? Uh, yeah. So Griffin interviews Rutherford Dog, um, and I can't remember if anything important. No, happens with this. Well, not really. Well, it's just we, like, we, hey, we, you're gonna we, tell my story. We get some nice things where he's like. He's, like, talking about, like, uh, about how he's, like, yeah, man, like, uh, you know, like, people, uh, it's all about your image in the street and stuff. And we kind of understand that Dog's a very thoughtful guy. He's talking about how, like, kids in the city all are worried about their image, and that's what they act out what they do. And it's mm-hmm. kind of a cycle of, like, uh, you know, acting to seem like you're strong and, as a result, doing things or making people maybe misinterpreting the way you act uh, as a judgment of your character. Like, you, you know, they, they, try, they try to flush them out a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. You know, we, we kind of established that this uh, gang leader is, uh, you know, a decent guy. Yeah. He, he's not bad. No, he, he's not bad. He's a good guy. Uh, but what's happening while they're giving this interview? Uh, God, what the fuck is that? Oh, no, we're talking about the other Sandman saying? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Uh, yeah, Sandman comes up, <laughs> Sleep Stalker slash Sandman, comes on over to Griffin's apartment, and he attacks uh, the male roommate, saying, where's Griffin? And the guy's just like, I don't know, he went out somewhere? Because it's like one in the morning at this point. Yeah. And Sandman decides to kill the roommates, but he decides to uh, recite the nursery rhyme, The Cradle Will Fall, Hush Little Baby, as he kills this dude. Yep, because he drops him when he says, And the cradle will fall. Yeah. It's it's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's great, yeah. It's great to kill somebody. Uh-huh. Um, also, his Griffin's love interest was apparently with him the whole night yeah. in the car with the interview. And also, did you notice the uh, a great callback motif? One might say is uh, when we see uh, his roommate's body on the floor. Who I still have no idea what the fuck his roommate's name was. Uh, <laughs> he is shedding a single tear as oh. he gets sand dropped in his eyes. So, but I also fucking love it. So Sandman drops him off this fucking roof and then teleports down and drops sand in his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> like, just like, yep, can't do it from up here. There we go, much better. Nope. So, um, Love Interest and Griffin head back to his apartment, and it's all roped out with police tape, and then he realizes, oh, shit, that's my roommate slash friend slash dude. I don't know, I cared about him, but now he's dead. And he is very, very obviously upset about this. Mm. Uh, we also do get a scene where love interest and him kiss their thing now. Oh. Well, I love it, too. So he goes to the cops, and the cops are like, you know, he, they, they, it's it's pretty clear this guy did actually die from a fall. That is how he died. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, he got some shit in his eyes. Like, you know, the sand, the dunes were blowing last night. And, the, the, and, you know, Griffin has no idea. Like, Griffin literally saw this guy once. He killed his parents, stripped sand in his eyes, and was arrested. And to his knowledge, was just murdered. And he immediately jumps to, like, what do you mean he has something in his eyes? What? It was the Sandman. And it's like, <laughs> holy shit, Griffin. Like, you have, no, you, have no, you have no reason to believe in paranormal or voodoo things up to this point. And you just immediately are like, fucking Sandman did it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, he knows what movie he's in. It's okay. That's true. That's true. He's all the uh, But, yeah, cops are obviously just like, hey, yeah, they've been drinking, that sort of thing, blah, 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 blah. That's that. Um, and then Griffin is basically freaking out about it. He's like, oh, my God, it's the Sandman. He killed my parents, and now he's back to kill me. He killed my roommates. All that good stuff. Well, not good stuff, but you know what I'm talking about. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah. So and they see Voodoo Man outside watching. They do see Voodoo Man outside. So Griffin decides to do a very smart thing, and he goes to the gang leader he just interviewed, Dog, and he buys a gun, mm-hmm. and he's just like, "Hey, stick with us. We'll take care of the Sandman business for you. We'll protect you, man." <clears throat> and he teaches them how to shoot, which is really nice. It's it's fucking hilarious though. He fucking they they try to get him to shoot a bottle, and he fucking misses every time. Oh yeah, it's, it's and he like keeps stepping closer and closer, and his face is so good. Dude, he looks like he's shitting himself the entire time. Yes, he's just like no. He, he looks like he's on the verge of tears. Well, I also I also noticed I, I, I'm, the the size of this gun is questioned to me because in his hand it looks fucking gigantic. It is this mm-hmm. gigantic. It's supposed to look awkward in his hand. It's supposed to be kind of weird that he's holding this gun and trying to show the character yeah, and the gun don't belong together. But this gun is fucking enormous, and I and I swear to God, it changes sizes later. I think I think because <laughs> I think they, it's like a huge fucking prop gun. And I think they, like, later on, that looks fucking ridiculous. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you when, but I think later on it, it does change sizes. Um, but anyway. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, we get some more scenes where him and girlfriend now are arguing. And she's just like, no, I don't want a gun in the house. And he's just like, well, yeah, because the Sandman's going to kill all of us, so I'm going to leave it here. Yep. Okay. <laughs> and he just leaves it on the table. Yep. He's at, it's so fucking weird. He's like... He comes in, he's like, Sandman's coming. She's like, oh, no, here's this gun I got. Bye. She's like, oh, bye. <laughs> and then he goes, so then uh, Griffin decides, like, you know what to do? I'm going to go see the fucking detective from, like, 17 years ago who arrested mm-hmm. this guy and quit immediately after. And so he goes, apparently this guy still lives in California, and uh, he shows up, and he's like, hey, you told me the Sandman would never kill again, which I guess is, like, I don't know, he's like, you owe me something? But, like, yo, this guy saved your life. Shut the fuck up. Like, he's not like, hey, thanks for sending me back then. Hey, bro, I appreciate that shit. He's like, no, no, no. You lied to me when I was fucking 10 years old. I have no evidence, but I'm pretty sure the Sandman just killed my friend when he fell off the side of a building. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this cop, fucking nicest guy ever. She's like, fine, you know, fuck it, we'll, we'll, go, to, we'll go to the jail, we'll talk to it, fine. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not only that, we don't even go to the jail just to talk to the guy. We're like, he actually shows him the Sandman's corpse. He's just like, yeah. He's dead. Yep. Take a look. He's not going to bite you. There we go. And then Griffin's just like, well, mm. And like, and the detective's so nice. He like, brings roses to the guard. He brings like roses for the guard's wife because they knew each other, asked how she's doing. Like, again, like dog and dog and detective would have been the greatest movie ever. Oh, yeah. Like dog Sanchez and detective teaming up. It would have been amazing. Yeah. Beating up that Sandman guy. Spider-Man could be there for backup. But, you know, I, I think they got that pretty much covered. Yeah. And, anyway. And, like, and while they're there, they, they kind of... Uh, they kind of they talk about they look at the body and they see the cut on the hand and the guy's like what happened here and he's like the guy had a knife and he's like, I think the minister gave it to him and he's like oh he's like, yeah the mi- minister like he's like the minister was a creepy guy the voodoo guy and I, I love it because like the line here is like the minister was a creepy guy he's like creepy how and the way the actor delivered this line I almost like burst out laughing because he goes yes he's like he was a black guy and he just like stops and he's like. <laughs> Uh, what? Like, did, 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 like <laughs> movie? Are you just like overtly racist? And then he's like, except his eyes were white. I'm like, all right, okay, white eyes are weird. I, I get that. That's that's not a normal thing humans have. <laughs> but that was a bit too long of a pause there, movie. Yeah, it, it was so like it was like like it was literally I was just, like like in my notes I typed like he was a black guy. I'm like what? And then <laughs> like worst delivery ever. And like then again, I don't know, 1995. I don't know, what what the fuck? But. No, I can imagine him after that. He's just like, "Hey guys, do you think that take maybe seem racist?" Nah, nah, it's good. Let's all get home. Maybe he just realized. Maybe like maybe that wasn't even part of the line. Maybe it was just supposed to be like his eyes are white, but this guy is just a racist asshole. <laughs> like, se- or maybe he out. realized how racist the line sounded halfway through, and then he pauses as the realization hit him, and then he was just like, "Oh, 
Okay. He's like, they're like, oh, how, how, how is he creepy? Like, he was a black guy. Oh, fuck. Did I, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just said that. <laughs> like, but it was, it was a really awkward line deliver. Like, I feel like they, they definitely it should have really done a second was. take on that. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, so we cut on over to Mr. Voodoo Priest, and he is reciting some dark and evil things. Yeah, I think just like an, I don't know what he's saying, but he's saying not English. Some, he's some... No, he's just sitting in his chair. There's an hourglass right next to him, and he's talking to no one in particular, and he's just kind of going back and forth. He's saying stuff like, when the sun sets, Griffin must die, and sort of stuff like yeah. that. He's like, your mortal soul is tied to Griffin, and he only has yep. two nights left. When the sun sets, Griffin must die. And it's like, mm-hmm. who the fuck are you talking to? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. anyway. So where do they go next? Where do where, where Griffin and Nice Detective go next? So Griffin and Detective Guy end up going to the Voodoo Guy's house, where he's staying, which is basically I think it's like some abandoned like subway area. I don't really know, uh, but they find like a uh, pentagram, they find some dead animals, uh, bones, a hung chicken, and I fucking love it because the detective's like the guy's like, "What is this?" He's like, "Looks like he practices his uh, paganism, Satanism, <laughs> and he's a Wiccan." And he's like, "Holy shit! This guy just fucking does everything." <laughs> Like, like they, they couldn't just stick with voodoo. They're like, no, nah, no, nah, he does everything. He's fucking all over the place. Like, it's actually, you don't know this, but, like, the more occult you practice, the stronger it is. You gotta, gotta get them all in there. Yeah, it's like Pokemon. You gotta catch them all. Also, like, he's like, he's like he practiced paganism. Like, what? He, like, he, what? Like, he's also pescatarian, too. <laughs> he's also, I've heard he's also Protestant. Um, <laughs> like, what the fuck? It's like, he also, there's also a little Buddhism in here. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. He's also a furry. No, that, that, that one makes sense. <laughs> like, just like a fucking weird shit. Like, I, it's, oh, you it's can tell so... the person who wrote this was just like, what are some cults and like, hmm, uh-huh. pagans? We've been pagans let's for just, a lot of shit in the past. Yeah, yeah, let's just toss all the labels on there. Why not? Uh, yeah, and this old lady comes on it. Not really old, just she reminded me of the the, the hoarder troll from Labyrinth mm-hmm. that Sarah almost gets called in. She's got this shawl over her head, and obviously not in the right mind. And she kind of taunts them for a little bit. Yeah, uh huh. It's, it's fucking yeah. I think actually that's a very good way to describe her. Like she's just like this very like '90s look of like I think this is like a character actress who probably does this fucking character all the time. Yeah. Because she's like, uh, so it's funny too because they find like the mold for the cross and we get some really great exposition uh, where the detective's like, if you heat sand, it turns to glass. And he's like, oh, well, I guess I'll keep that in mind. Um, mm-hmm. And she comes in and she's like, she's like, oh, I'm, she comes in, she's like speaking Spanish or something like that. She, and she's like, he's not coming back. Like, why not? Like, he put a curse on this place. It's haunted. She's like, but I'm not afraid because I'm crazy. God protects the crazy. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I learned that. Uh, so they decide to go a little bit deeper into the whatever place they're in at the moment. So we do cut back to the girls at the apartment. And I, I just love this shot because, like, the gun is still there on the table and they're just completely ignoring it. Yep. So they're just like, yeah, big old gun. You know, and I guess Dana is staying over at her house. I don't know why Dana's staying. I think Dana's visiting. Is I, I assume, like, all four of them live together. Well, no, this is Meg's apartment. So this is the girlfriend's apartment. I'm assuming... It's Meg's apartment. Yeah, and and, da- and Dana stays over. I don't I don't know if Dana's just visiting, and that's why she's trying to set her up. I think she knows she's new to town. So maybe she's staying with her while she finds a place. Who cares? Anyway, like that. anyway, yeah. Anyway, Meg's like. Uh, so we get our gratuitous shower scene. Well, this isn't gratuitous. This is plot building. This is gratuitous and plot building. <laughs> All right. You know, I watch I watch movies for the plots, like that plot in American Pie, where uh, with Shannon Elizabeth, I watch that plot a lot. Great plot. Great plot. Um, 
you know, and the, the, the great plot with uh, Phoebe Cates and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, great plot, great plot. plot too. That was a great plot. <laughs> I do love this scene because Sandman like slowly spawns himself in the hallway and then he goes into the bathroom and she had filled up the sink beforehand with water. Um, don't remember why exactly. Washing her face maybe? Maybe, but like usually when I wash my face, I don't fill up the sink. I just kind of like let it run out of the faucet and then splash it onto my face. Anyway, so he's that. And then he, uh, Santa kind of walks on in. You can tell that he's like going to murder her, but then he dips his fingers into the sink and his fingers kind of melt off. Yep. And he looks at his hand and he's just like, oh, that's right. I made a sand now. Shit. And she's in the shower. Can't do anything. And then he just leaves. Well, it, well, yeah, he goes to reach for her again, but he, like, hears uh-huh. Dan or something. But, like, I, I love that because, like, like, I don't know. You, you see later on he can kind of make a bunch of sand out of himself when he wants to. And, like, I feel like he could have still killed her if he, if he, if he felt the need. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, where's she going to go? She's naked in the shower. Yeah, just fucking wait. Yeah. Yeah. Like, wh- know, why, ha- you know. why hang out so long? But it's also, yeah, I, lo- anyway. I love it, too, because, like, I don't know. I, would, I feel like sand holds together better when it's wet. Doesn't it? Like, I guess it's heavier, I mean, so it falls away more. It, it, it depends on how much wet. True, that's true, that's true. The, the ratio, the ratio of sand to water. But, like, yeah, maybe so if you get him a little bit damp, and it'll become super strong, and get gain muscle. Anyway, uh, so he decides not to kill the naked girl in the shower. He decides to kill her hot roommate instead, and... Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, friend... Hot, hot in brackets. <laughs> hey, listen, she's a very attractive murder victim. She's, like... Kind of crazy looking. Like I, I, I understood Griffin when he's like, "Nah, I'm good." <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so what happens is Sandman basically goes into her bedroom as she's sleeping or just lying in the bed, and then summons this massive ton of sand that just kind of encompasses her, and then she slowly starts like sinking into the sand, which I don't fucking get. Like. Yeah. Like, realistically, I like, think... sand starts going over, and then she starts falling into the sand, like, underneath the bed, essentially. It's... Uh-huh. It's... And, and, and he, he, uh... He starts rhyming before he kills her. She has headphones on, and he's like, Man in the moon, look down from the moon. It's time for all children on Earth to think about getting to bed. And then he, suffoca- yeah. he like, comes all over with sand and, like, drowns her. I, I think they were trying to go for a Nightmare on Elm Street-style kill, where, like, Johnny Depp being sucked into the ceiling, that sort of thing, because she's sucked into the sand bed at this point. Yeah. Like it's quicksand or something, but uh, yeah, it's it just it's very weird. Practically, he also effect. like is infinite fucking sand. Like, yes. like it's like fucking Gara when like in like Naruto where like that fucking gourd just like <laughs> makes sand, infinite sand to make a fucking giant beast, and you're just like, what? What? How, mm-hmm. Is is there no conservation of mass? Like, is he like full of alchemist? Like he he broke mm-hmm. the law of cooling exchange. Like, mm-hmm. if so, why does he not just fill the entire apartment with sand and just kill everybody at once? Like. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Yeah. Also, why yeah. why did he kill her? How do you find out? Uh, how do you find out where Megan lives? Well, like, like a, that's a good question. I mean, he killed the other roommate, the dude roommate well, whose name was. He, he, he went. He went to, to Griffin's Griffin. house in like you know, in theory, uh-huh. like you know, it's the nineties. Everyone has yellow fucking yellow book and shit. So he looked. Mm-hmm. He looked up in the little phone book, found Griffin, and found him. But how does he know mm-hmm. where Megan lives? And how does he know like why would he kill her roommate? Like he only needs. I don't know. He only needs to kill Griffin. That's what the plot's saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he tried going to the girlfriend first, and then he was just like, "Well, you know, she's taking a shower. I'll kill her later. I'm just going to kill her roommate instead." His motivation confuses uh, me. But all right. So Griffin and Detective do come on back, and I, I, I do love this scene. That they're just like, "Oh, where's your roommate? She's in the bedroom." And then they look down, 
and there's just sand footprints on the ground. Well, I love it because also, too, there's only like two of them. Yes. It's like he intentionally just left a couple behind. Like, hey, guys, I'm here. Just like clearly painted on. It's so good. It, it Just like the rest and, like, of Like, does he lose sand every time he fucking walks? Like. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, detective is there, and detective pulls out his gun, and it's just like, hold on. And he walks on over to slowly to the bathroom and he or the bedroom and he sees this pile of sand on the floor and Sandman just slowly CGI's himself up into his regular form. And it's painfully slow. It's so bad. Yes. And, and any CGI is really fucking terrible. Yes. And of course everyone just looks at um waiting for the sand to come on up. But there's a little bit of a struggle. Uh, Sandman gets shot a couple times, but it obviously has no effect because he's made of sand, and Sandman does kill the detective I, I, with another... I feel so bad for the detective. He just gets like fucking yeah. like suffocated with like a handful of sand. Uh-huh. Like, I, do you think, did it suffocate him or did it like, crush his head? Cause it happened really quick. Uh, a little column A, a little column B. Right. I, I actually, now that I think about it, I think it's more of a crush because he like solidified himself. Yeah. Himself. Uh-huh. Uh, so girlfriend and him escape with the gun, but the Sandman is hot on their tail. They try calling, doesn't work out too well, and eventually they get into this back, like, storage Yeah, alley? it's like a storeroom, like, I think. what is this place? I think it's a storeroom for, for their, uh, it's like the storeroom to, to like, fill up the supplies for the, uh, cafe. Cause she, but cause she, in their apartment. no, she lives above the cafe. That was a previous established plot point? No, but they run down the stairs That's and they're in the cafe. Uh, okay, gotcha. All right. So that's that. Um, so they do that, and they're locked in the storage room because it's padlocked, and of course, girlfriend doesn't remember the actual combination. So she's sitting there trying to remember what it is as sand pours through the keyhole. And <laughs> Griffin, in one of my favorite moments in the entire movie, decides to spend a little bit more time to, uh, to buy them some time. He lifts up a cooler of water and then just decides to toss it at the Sandman. But he doesn't toss it at the Sandman, he just tosses it at the Sandman's feet. Yep. And the Sandman just kind of steps back one or two inches, and he's just like, ooh, I won't get it wet. And then Griffin realizes, oh, shit, this guy's allergic to water. Yep. Yep. Well, like, and, <laughs> like, and I feel like he, he like, doesn't, like, cut, he, like, stands and watches them. He's like, oh, fuck, I guess, like, can't cross, I'm a vampire now, I can't cross moving water. I can't jump over it. I can't, like, make a sand bridge. You know, there's... Yeah, he's very lazy about it. Yes. Uh-huh. I, I love it because he sees it, and he's like... Uh, Griffin like turns around. and He's like, "Hey, hey, you, you, you see me? I, I, I uh, what do you say? He's like, he's like, you see? He's like, hey, it's me you want, right? Come get me. I dare you. Yes. Like, I love that he fucking he dares the he dares the He's like, I dare you to come get me. And it works. Well, and it absolutely works. Like, he lets the girlfriend go, why, and uh, he chases after Griffin. Why, why would you dare him when you like? He even says, "It's me you want." So he's like, "Yeah, I, I do uh-huh. want you. So come get me. I dare you." It's like <laughs> you've just you've just established that I do want to kill you. So I will come after you. Uh-huh. And like I love it too, though because like. He gives him the, like, they, they cut to the Sandman, and his face is like, fuck it, he dared me. I, I guess I gotta go, man. Like, he's like, fuck. It's like Marty McFly in Back to the Future. Exactly. He called me chicken. I gotta, I gotta. It's, it's so fucking funny. It's like, it, like, they're like, uh, like, I don't know why they thought they needed to sh- film a reaction shot to the Sandman being like, fucking dared me. Gonna, I was gonna go after Meg, even though she Those has no bearing dems, to my plot, but like. Dems the rules. Yep. That's how it goes. He, I'm not a pussy. I gotta, uh, I gotta get him. <laughs> So we do have a little bit of a chase sequence. Uh, Sandman does get into the car. Well, Griffin steals a car. Yep. That's the thing that happens. And the guy who owns the car is right next to Griffin making a call at the time at the phone booth. And he's just like, hey, why are you stealing my car? And he's like, I'm sorry, someone's after me. But eventually he steals the car. Sandman goes into the car, into the engine, makes the engine stop a few blocks away. But there are a couple police officers that kind of stomp Griffin down because he's driving like a maniac. Yep. 
What? And so, what's up? So I love that he's in the car, um, and and what, but uh, he turns and the Sandman's like standing outside the window, like shaking his finger. I'm like, uh, uh-uh. and then like, <laughs> and then he sings, blows it, blow it, and like, it's 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 fucking stupid. But uh, yeah, so he starts driving away, and like, air sand starts coming out of the vents, and then he had to call pull him over because like because so he's driving, and the sand starts coming out of the vents, so he's like freaking yeah. out, so he has to get out of the car, and he gets out, and he's like, there's someone in the car, and the cop goes to investigate, and they find nothing, and just arrest him. And like it's like it's you you think it's gonna be this huge fucking fight and shit. You think it's gonna be this huge uh-huh. like oh man like cop versus Sandman. Sandman's gonna kill him in this cool creative way. Nope, just fucking nope. Let, don't have the budget for that. Let him get arrested. Uh huh. Yep. Uh, so now Griffin is arrested, and the cops think that Griffin is crazy. And we do meet. Okay, I'm sorry. Dog is my second favorite character in this movie, but bad cop. I guess oh, yeah, bad cop. he is mustache. I, I love this character so much. Like, this is a dirty, dirty precinct. Yeah. And they're fucking fumigating? Yes, they're fumigating at that time. There's a dead roach on the table. Griffin's uh, uh, um, like, uh, guys, can we like, open a window or something? He's like, yo, bro, if I gotta breathe this in, you gotta breathe this in. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Yes, this, this detective is an asshole, and I love it. Mm. I absolutely, he is so, the actor playing this hammed it up so well, much so, and I love so, it. he gives that line he's like hey if I gotta breathe it you gotta breathe it and Griffin's like screw, uh-huh. he's like, screw you and the guy's like no man you got the handcuffs on so screw you <laughs> <laughs> like somebody wrote this dialogue somebody, somebody wrote this it's so bad I love it uh. so, and basically the detective the, the detective from before who found the roommate who actually do you recognize the detective from before I do not uh, have, he's from a group was it the same one in the alley uh, well, it was yes but do you also recognize him from anything else uh, no, I do not. He's uh, a detective actor. He's uh, the classic uh, fatherly figure from a 90s sitcom on Nick at Night, in a Nickelodeon Nickelodeon sitcom in the 90s. Dude. Come on. Dude. Come on. You are not speaking my language at all right now. My 90s consisted of Simpsons reruns and Freakazoid. Keenan and Kel, bro. Oh, shit. He's a dad from Keenan and Kel. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. All right. That's right. I do love Ken and Nickel, and I do love my orange soda. Mm. Dude, orange soda would have killed this fucking guy because, like, it would have, it would have, it would have melted, and then he would have got all sticky and shit. Mm. I actually had a student like two years ago during indoor recess. He was watching episodes of Ken and Nickel on his Chromebook, Holy and I was shit. just like, "Yes, dude. Yes, keep it alive." Did you give him an A? Huh? Did you give him an A? Oh God, no, no, he was a terrible student. Uh, or was he the best student? I mean, he was the best in terms of 90s TV show taste, but in terms of his grades, not so much. Oh, yeah, fair, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, I had another kid uh, during indoor recess. He spent his entire time watching chewing AMS, ASMR videos where just, like, girls would eat food and then they would just listen to the sounds of them chewing. That's what he would do for indoor recess. You know, everybody's got their kinks, right? Yeah. <laughs> Kel loved orange soda. This kid loves chewing shit. <laughs> uh, so, so anyway, a- after this, um, we uh, the, the cops put him in jail. And there's another great line where the guy's like, "Hey, can you can you like let me out? Like, I need to be out." And the guy's like, "Nah, man, I'm gonna go eat Kong Pao chicken for breakfast, get coffee and a donut because that's what cops do." <laughs> yes, I love so, in case you didn't know, cops always get get donuts. And compound chicken. Uh, obviously, that's, obviously. that's how it works. And then, so the sun, uh, the sun starts to rise, um, and a fucking like ashtray, like, like it's one of those ashtray canister trash can kind of combos, starts uh-huh. moving outside a cell. But 
There's only and there's only a little bit of sand. Like we we established that the ashtray is not full of sand, but there is a little bit of sand slash you know uh, ashes in the top of the ashtray. And yes. it falls over, and what comes out of the small like maybe like fucking cup of uh, ash? Our motherfucking sand man motherfucking does. sand slash ash man. And Sandman slowly starts stalking his way towards Griffin. But wait a second, he stopped by some sunlight. What was that? previously established that sunlight was a weakness of his? It was. It was? Well, he's got to kill him. He only has nighttime to kill him, they say. Oh, yeah, when Voodoo Priest was on his little high. Yeah. Yeah, didn't mention that eventually. But I remember I saw this and it was just like, was that previously established that he can't go into the sunlight? What the fuck? But I love it. He can't, he like, can't, water? he can't go into the sunlight, but he can fucking magic himself up to a vent. Yes. Like, bro, it takes you two seconds. Just fucking fly at his face real quick. Kill him. Like, or like, you know, fucking get inside that little, like, the little, uh, ashtray trash can and roll yourself into him. Like, uh-huh. like the, the rules of this are interesting. He, I feel like he's just told, like, you must go to bed by, by like, daytime. Like, All right, I guess I'll go to bed. And like, <laughs> leaves. That's that. So the two cops are taking Griffith out. And I don't know, are they transferring him to, like, prison or something? I think so, or yeah. Or they're putting actually, actually to jail, anyway. yeah. Yeah, but they're, like, being very nonchalant about it. They're just like, yeah, he's he's handcuffed, whatever. When uh, the girlfriend character drives up, pulls out the gun, <laughs> and then says, yeah, you let him go. Yep. It's so, like, okay, lady. Uh, and it works. Yeah. Like, they unhandcuff him, and then they take his gun, and then the best part, what's the final thing they take, Andrew? He's like, he's like yeah, give me your keys and your guns. And your pants. <laughs> I mean, there's a scene where they're, like, zooming on the pants, and they're all in the underwear, and they're just, like, wandering around. Did, did you notice? So, so, like, it shows the two cops in their, in their underwear, and the car's peeling out. And if you notice, this fucking truck comes, like, whipping around the side and, like, stops as they peel out of there. And I'm pretty uh-huh. sure that truck was, like, a person fucking driving. And, like, oh, they yeah. just, cu- like, they the just fucking cut on? this car off. <laughs> and, they, and, like, that was almost an accident about to happen there. <laughs> Uh-huh. Because there's no other reason uh-huh. that's that happened. Like, they, there's clearly yes. somebody driving a truck, and they fucking always cars, cause a car accident. <laughs> yep. Uh, so Griffin and girlfriend decide to... They have their moments where Griffin's just like, no, I can't lead you on this dangerous mission. And girlfriend's like, I'm not going anywhere. And she's, and then there's like, okay, fine, you can go with me. Uh, there is an established shot. This is Los Angeles. I just want to put that in there. I didn't know that. Shit, is this, like, is this Tommy yeah. Wiseau? Is he filming this? Yeah. Meanwhile, no, in Los just, Angeles, there's a skyline. There's a skyline shot right after that that I'm looking at right now. That's very clearly the Los Angeles skyline. Oh, okay. Anyway, uh, so who does Griffin realizes at this point? He's on the run for the cops. He's on the run for the Sandman. Who's he gonna call? Dog. Yeah. Dog Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> so Dog Sanchez decides to help him out in his big car, and they head on over to. The Sandman's Lair. Which is like an abandoned is, parts factory? Yeah, this is weird. Like, at first I thought it was like, okay, is this a meth lab? Oh, it's a refinery. No, it's, it's a refinery. Crazy yeah, lady says that earlier. Home- yeah, but it's like, it's like a homeless shelter or something like that. Like, it just seems like there's a whole bunch of tweakers just yeah, I th- I think, wandering around. I think it's an abandoned refinery where people, squatters, have come. Yes. And then we've got Voodoo Priest in the corner, and he's got his own little shrine, like... It's something out of a Sean Connery sci-fi movie. Yeah, it's so he's got his own little throne. Like he's got a stone throne. It's so weird. Well, I love it too because like before this even happens, like uh, 
they're walking around, and this guy walks up and like low key chokes Griffin for a second, like, and then just walks away, and like, no, it's like what? That's tweakers for you. Yeah, I guess, I guess they're like, oh, now nah, you're, you're not worth it. <laughs> but yeah, the preacher's there. He's lighting a cigarette in his little castle, and uh, all of a sudden they're on a sound stage. Did you notice that? Like all of a sudden, like they went from inside the refinery set to on a fucking sound stage. Uh-huh. And it was like, yep. Uh, now we're in like a little sound stage with a little throne, and there's all this like, weird noises going on. And the preacher's like, uh, he's like. This is where it ends, and this is where it starts. And he cannot die unless he cannot stop unless you die. Like, you are like his that. mortal link to the world, and he's uh-huh. like, and he's like, he's always been with you. He is evil incarnate, no soul, no spark of good left within him. And he talks about how uh, the Sandman was beaten by when he was a fought when he was a boy. And the mother died. The father brought up his baby boy all alone. And every night he would come home drunk, sing a lullaby, and beat him. And we learned that this song that the boy was always singing, or that this sleep sock was always singing, is this old fucking record. This is like, sleep, baby, sleep. And it, I'm sorry, i got to pause here for a second. So when this flashback scene, like, they actually show all of this happening. Yeah. And on the wall, there is a painting of a clown. Yeah. And it's the f- such a freaky fucking painting. And I get it. The dad is not a good person. But that clown. Like, why? I didn't know if that was supposed to be like, the Sandman or something. Because like, I feel like they, they kept focusing on it. Like, was that supposed to be like, what he based his they image did. off of? yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm sure like some production assistant was just like, hey, I found this picture of this creepy fucking clown. Let's put it in this scene. Um, All right, yeah, sure, it'll go in this one. Or maybe it was supposed to be like, a subtle hint that there was a kid in the room. Like, oh, yeah. Younger it's like, kid. oh, shit, we- we can't really tell this is a kid's room. Okay, well, let's put this bu- giant stuffed teddy bear on the corner and then this clown painting. Yeah, that'll do it. Well, I love it, too, because like, they give that, like, you know, the father would come home and beat his sons, and he'd like, come in and hit him twice and leave. And, I, and then he's like, oh, I guess not bad. I'm like, all right. Listen, if you're going to have child abuse in your movie, you got to commit to it. Yep. That's that's what uh, Steven Spielberg said, <laughs> right? Uh, obvs, obvs. <laughs> I, I think Nolan supported that idea, too. <laughs> Uh, we at Primitive Screwheads talk horror movies do not condone child abuse. No, of course not. Disclaimer. Uh-huh. Child abuse is no good. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, you know, we learned that the, 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 the priest guy tells him, he's like, the boy could not cry until one night he gave into his power. And we get this weird scene of uh, this young boy, you know, this weird little fucking, like, sewed together lips, and he's, like, holding up a mirror. And we, they keep seeing this scene earlier in the movie where he keeps holding up a mirror, and we keep seeing a little kid. And I don't understand why, first off, he's holding a mirror at the kid. I don't quite quite get it. Um, uh, and, like, it looks like he's about to hit the kid with it, but instead, he breaks it. And he uh-huh. breaks this mirror, picks up a little piece of it, and then stabs his father in the neck with it, killing him. I, I just like the dad just nonchalantly walks in. Hey, what's going on here? Oh, God, I, no! He's like, hey, guys, I sobered up. Let's go get a move. Let's go see a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Son, I made a mistake. Oh, God! Uh-huh. And then he, like, as the dad is being stabbed, he, like, walks in over and then just, like, picks up a picture of the family. You know, in case the metaphor isn't hitting you just hard enough. And then he just keeps being stabbed over and over and over again. Mm. Yeah. And I'll- So, we get the plot twist. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, you go. No, we get the plot twist that Griffin <gasps> is actually <gasps> Sandman's brother. <gasps> and And why is that important? Because... Something about a mortal link. Yep. Was that previously established? I don't think we but, that movie. He's, he about says that. he's his mortal link, but like basically, in order to become the <laughs> ultimate evil, he must sever his tie with the mortal world, and so uh, that includes killing everybody in his family. 
Um, and so that's why that night, apparently, they, the, the cops say that night where Griffin's family was killed, that he killed like six other families. Because he's basically trying to murder everybody who might be there on the same age as his son, as his brother. <laughs> like, so he fucked up. Let's see. He got, got almost lucky in the last time and still fucked up. I was just like, God damn it. Ron family again. Yep. Uh, yep. So basically, yeah, so that's why. And he's like, oh, man. Uh, and the preacher's like, ha, 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 but now you're here. And he, like, lifts off the lid of his fucking little sand dial, and the Sandman comes out of it. <laughs> he's, like, hanging out on a fucking sand dial. Like, what the fuck? Like, sand, what do you call it? Sun, that's not a sand dial. Sand tower? Uh, sand glass. Sand, yeah. Hourglass. Hourglass. There we go. Yeah. Hourglass. He's hanging out an hourglass. Like, is that what he fucking does? He's like, you must come back during the day and hide in my hourglass. Like, couldn't just fucking, like, land or a rock? You're just fucking in a basement somewhere? You gotta live in an hourglass? Is that part of the rule? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't fucking know. Um, so he comes out of it, and they're like, oh, shit, let's run away. Um, and uh, so they run away and go into this room. They go hide in this room, and they're like, yeah, the door's closed. He can't get to us. We just got to wait him out till morning. And then instead of going, like, underneath, like, well, they actually, they, they clog the door with, uh, with some fucking things. Good, good idea, right? Sandman comes in, cracks yeah. and shit. But there's, a, there's like, a crack in the ceiling, and he starts coming down. And he's like, it's bedtime, children. Uh, but who comes in to save them? Uh, dog does. Yeah, dog does. Rutherford, dog. Sanchez. Sanchez. And, yeah, yeah. and, and what, what, what does Sanchez tell him? Because he tells him to leave. I what Sanchez tells him. What does Sanchez do? He's like, something about, he's like, you guys gotta live. You gotta tell my story. And, uh, oh, yeah. and then he, Sanchez cares about his story. He cares a lot about his story. And so they, they uh-huh. leave. And Sanchez starts reciting what he told Griffin earlier. He's like, you just got to get it real close if you, if you suck at shooting. So he uh-huh. goes to the Sandman and goes to shoot him. But the Sandman turns into a CG sandstorm, spins around him for a second, and he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Worst death of the best character. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, like, his corpse is probably the best-looking corpse in the whole That's movie. That's true. I also think that is a direct scene from The Mummy movie. But that may have been 1999. Yeah, yeah. May have, oh, my God, The Mummy copied this movie? Fuck. I think it did. No, because no one saw this movie. We are the only yeah. two people in this entire world who saw it. No, nah, man, Brendan Fraser saw that movie. And he was like, guys, I got an idea. <laughs> yeah. we make the mummy. So, so we get a chase scene. We get a chase scene. We get some more chase scene back and forth as they're figuring out exactly what to do. Um, there's one point where they escape through the air ducts, yep. which and, always annoys me in movies. And, well, they escape the air ducts and they set up like a little like trip bomb for him. And it doesn't do anything. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. But we do get some scenes where some reverse shots of sand being poured down, so it seems like it's being sucked yep, up through yep. the air vents and traveling through. That's not a bad effect. I actually do like that. Um, well, so, yeah, agree. But uh, yep. So so they 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 go to the vent and they set up this fire trap with like alcohol and shit. Um, and because Griffin remembers, oh shit, glass that'll stop him. Like heat will turn him to glass. Mm-hmm. They set this little bomb. And, like we stopped him. It's over. Um, and. However, it turns out that the Sandman did survive, but his arm shattered. Like, his, his arm turned to glass, and it shatters. But he had all these really, like, nice little poking stick on his arm. And he just fucking, like... Uh, and Griffin's like, wait, why would you do this? You don't have to do this, bro. Like, like uh, you know, you saved me from my father. Why would you do that if... Um, why would you save me from our dad if, like, you know, you wanted to kill me? And he's like, no, nah, man, like... He's like, I'm doing this for you guys. Like, everyone lives in pain. I'm killing everybody, like, so, like, to take the pain away. The children must mm-hmm. go to sleep. Um, yeah. And he he comes up to him, and uh, Sandman goes to stab Meg, but Griffin jumps in front of her and gets stabbed. No! Favorite character. Great man. Great taste in hats and goatees. Dead. He, I mean, 
he has a taste in hats and goatees. I wouldn't say it's a great one, but fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but you know what the real tragedy here is? D Dog. Yeah, D Dog doesn't get his story told. No, does not get his story told. Like he he died for nothing. His story does not get told. Such a shame. Anyway, uh, so that's what happens, and then girlfriend escapes as well after she gets her Oscar scene where she mourns over boyfriend's dead body. Um, eventually, she finds a steam stack. I guess I guess we were to call I it. Have no a idea what it is. Yeah, it's a smoke. Yeah, it's a smoke stack. This is a furnace at the very very bottom, and the smoke goes off the top. Well, um, and I love it too. It's like, so she goes into this thing. She's like, fuck, and she hides inside of it. And I don't know somehow fuck he knows he knows she's in there. He can like smell her, I guess. Uh-huh. And but at this point, he has immortality. He killed his brother, right? Yeah. So he should have immortality. Anyway, he goes in after her, and she climbs up. There's no ladder inside there, but somehow she fucking teleports to the top of that shit. Mm-hmm. I also don't know how the gas gets turned on either, actually. Was it always going on? That's unsafe. That is very unsafe. I, I mean, this does not seem like the most safe environment in general. But anyway, so she's at the very, very top of the ladder, and he goes on into the smokestack to look for her, and then she lights a match, says her cool thing, rest in peace, and then drops the match, and the entire structure erupts in flames. Yep. And that is the end of Sandman. It's weird, too. Because, like, she goes in there and opens the door and checks. And, like, like, his body is glass. But, like, you would think that, like, he would melt first and then turn to glass. But his body is just frozen in glass. No, they didn't want to spend that much money on You're fucking right. But also, like, isn't he immortal (laughs) now? Yeah. I assume he is, right? Yeah, because that was the last family member, right? Yeah, so like I don't, I don't understand. Maybe, maybe there's like a refractory period or something where just like his his immortality is slowly buffering in. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh-huh. So then uh, Meg cries over this like fucking piece of trash that's like does it get trash? She still cries, and I think it's like more about the fact that she's in this movie. It's the relief that it's over. She's like, "Fuck, I can go do something else in my life." Minority Report, here I come. And she doesn't. <laughs> um, actually, uh, anyway, uh, so anyway. And so we, we get this kind of stinger at the end um, because the priest is looking through the furnace and mumbling some weird mumbo stuff, which I don't know if they thought they were going to get a sequel for this movie um, mm-hmm. or not, but I, I, maybe they're hopeful. I don't know. But, but yeah, the priest takes the body and end. we end on that stinger. And that is Sleepstalker, a.k.a. Sandman, a.k.a. The Sandman's Last Rites. Sandman's Last Rites, a.k.a. the... The Story of Dog. Mummy prequel. Yep. <laughs> Mummy prequel, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street sequel, spinoff. Uh, apparently, Griffin, the actor, is going to be in the Man from Nowhere remake, which if you haven't seen that, it's a great uh, Korean film, uh, which I know they got rights to like a long time ago. Uh, check mm-hmm. it out it's great it's actually mm-hmm. really fucking good yep. like, not gonna lie yep uh, cool but yeah and that is uh, yeah that's the Sandman um, that is the Sandman what do you think of it in general I thought this was an absolutely terrible movie mm-hmm. uh, D-Dog and the bad cop were honestly the only interesting parts of the movie everything else was just kind of disappointing like yeah the kills weren't great the makeup and special effects weren't great the bad dialogue was entertaining, definitely. Like, everyone knew 
this was a terrible movie, but this is a forgotten movie for good reason. Uh, I'm sorry. It has so many fucking good reviews. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Everyone who finds this movie loves this movie. You're, you're, you're wrong. <laughs> this is like lifetime quality. This shit is shit's gold. I, so, Andrew, tell me then, what do you think of this? What do you really, really think about it? Yeah, probably the same thing. Like, <laughs> I just, I, you know, it's, it's a movie. I'm trying to, I want to I look at some of these other reviews. Like, I feel like it's not the worst, like, I don't think it's as bad as other movies necessarily. It's just not a good movie. Name a worst movie. Um, I'd say, like, you know, I'd say that the most recent Hellraiser movies are worse than this movie. Um, okay, yeah. I'd say I might rather watch this than the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Um, you know, I just watched Alien vs. Predator recently, and that was a rude awakening. Uh, oh, not, I, I, I knew it was going to be bad. Um, uh-huh, but you didn't realize how bad it was going to be. Yeah, I, just, I forgot how they humanize the Predators, and it looks fucking stupid. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, like, I don't know. I don't think this is the worst. I think it's not a great... I watched all the Lifetime movies, as you know, and I, I think this might fit in that category. <laughs> it might be one of the better Lifetime movies. Um, <laughs> on a scale of the boy she met online to the boy she met at the beach, I don't fucking all right, know. I, I will say, How would you rate it? the girl he met online was better than this. Uh, the boy she met online is probably on par with this. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, what about the mom she met online? Haven't seen that one yet. Um, what about the line she met on mom? Uh, that one's pretty good, I'm going to lie. Actually, wait, we watched a great... Wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait, the mom she met online kind of found it, actually. Um, okay. It was called... What was it called? Fuck. It was called... Uh, fuck. Okay, there's a mom... She wasn't the real mom. Uh, fuck. Oh, Evil Party. Wrong wrong party planner. Wrong party planner? Classic movie on Lifetime. Mom twist involved. Characters are killed. The girl, the, the girl, she is, she's, the girl says she's 17, but she's clearly the same age as, every, as all the adults in the film. It's great. Um, but anyway, let me, let me just check out some of these reviews. Let's see what we got. This person says they bought this movie because their husband kept talking about it, and he couldn't find it anywhere. He looked. I found it, bought it, and loved it. Damn. <laughs> Glowing. This person says, okay, one-star review. Like Salmonex. I don't know what that is. Sometimes I'm a glutton for punishment. Other times my acid reflux wakes me up at 3.30 a.m. and I stay awake watching 1990s direct-to-video horror. This would be both of those things at once. Imagine a movie that rips off both Shocker and A Nightmare on Elm Street at the same time, but also has voodoo and a bad guy made out of sand. 17 years after slaughtering all but one member of Griffin's family, uh, the Sandman is finally set to be executed. But, just like Horace Pinker, he has an escape plan. The minister who delivers his last rites is really a voodoo priest who transforms him into a man made out of sand. Now the Sandman must find Griffin, who he has lost connection with, and kill him. Look, here's the spoiler, because no one should have to suffer through this film like I have. They're brothers. Are there any other reasons to watch this? No. <laughs> wow. Good ex- some of these are really... This one person wrote... Oh, my God. Okay, one second, one second. This person made a bolded list of strong points in the film. Here are some. Some of the set decor and lighting are admirably expressionistic, as though inspired by 1920s German expressionism. An early scene has a house, looking like a cardboard model, on the edge of a sandy desert, supposedly somewhere in Southern California. Cops chase the serial killer outside, in quotes, on a set that is only darkness and sand and flashlights, lending the scene an eerie surrealism. 
Hmm. This person really... I mean, it is eerie. This is... Oh, okay. The serial killer's boyhood bedroom was also appropriately depressing, aided by the colorful children's toys, the creepy clown painting, the pink record playing on a toy record player, and the wooden plant hanging from the ceiling. The music did much to support the film's themes. With the set decor, the serial killer's boyhood bedroom, the music was depressing, despite being child-appropriate. A slow tune of Sweet Baby Sleep, which I expected was written expressly for this film. Wow. Okay, I love this. I love this person's positive perspective <laughs> on this fucking movie. But I don't know. Like, I, as a child, I watched this and it scared me. But again, I think it's more the concept than the actual movie. Yeah, definitely. And again, it's just like as a child, you tend to... Uh, your imagination tends to run wild. Your imagination is a lot more vivid. Would you buy this movie for $100 on VHS? Oh, I mean, if all of my other items on my $120 wish list were purchased along that point... Yeah, I would say it's on. Yeah, yeah, just just to have it. Like, if you do it, what if we bought it? You know, actually, it's interesting. So they say people who watched this movie also liked uh, Sleepaway Camp Three, Pumpkinhead, Body Melt, which are all superior. I could see that. Like, I could see this on the same level, not not in terms of quality, but like in the same vein as Pumpkinhead. No, fucking no. Pumpkinhead Camp. is like a thousand times better than this. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, but what about Pumpkinhead Two? Uh, no, no, never mind. Was it Bloodwings Revenge or something think, like I that? I think Bloodwings is the third one. Pumpkinhead. Half man, half pumpkin. One, one, of, one of them was like super, uh, like it was like super cut, it was like cut scenes, I think. There's also apparently... Pumpkinhead 2, Bloodwings. Oh, was it? Okay. There's also like, a, there's a video game of Pumpkinhead. Uh, yes, and it was terrible. Yeah, I watched, I watched like the, the cut scenes from it. I don't know why. Anyway. Uh-huh. Anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, look, Free, Free Willy 3 is being recommended. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because one of, the, one of the cast members is in it. Ah, that Okay, and we're going to find out who is in Flipper. We're going to bring this around, and then we're going to close it out. So Flipper, the 1996 film, Elijah Wood and Paul Hogan. <laughs> Bam, knew it. Oh, my God. All right, Wait, then. Also, I uh, just want to say, Michael Harris, the, um, <laughs> the Sandman, was in a movie called I Love You, Don't Touch Me. <laughs> <laughs> I think that needs to be our next movie. That just sounds amazing. He's oh, also in the movie so Super Bad Daz. Super, no, Super Bad As. Like, ass, but two Zs. And, and the tagline nice. is, got a dollar bill, y'all. <laughs> I don't know who he was in that movie, but um, they all just sound better than this movie. Um, Sounds good. Anyway. All right, then. Well, that was... Got what movie did we just watch? Sleep Stalker, <laughs> starring the Sandman. Um... Thank you so much to our opening band. That is Teddy's Atlas with the song Horror Movie Story. You can get that off the album Children of the Corn. They are good, good Canadian boys, and they're still releasing new music even throughout this quarantine. Ooh. Any closing thoughts, Andrew? Uh, I don't know. Maybe watch it, but maybe just watch The Mummy from 1999. Yeah, watch The Mummy. It's much, it's Brendan much better Fraser needs the work. It most definitely What happened to Brendan Fraser? Uh, you don't know? All right. So, basically, he um, had a really, really, really nasty divorce settlement, and he had to uh, basically pay his ex-wife an extraordinary amount of money, and that basically broke him for a long, long time. But he's doing work fairly recently. Oh, good. Yeah. All right, good, good. I like, and that's that. I miss him. He deserves better. He really does. He, he, was, such a, like, he, was, he was a formative part of my childhood. He absolutely was. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for listening, all, and we will catch you next time. Bye.